Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. This is very important. I want you to lean in. The Bible says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as 70 times, seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And obviously, we believe this not to be a, an actual number, but Jesus is saying a whole lot more than you expect. And then he goes on to tell this parable, which I want you to pay attention to and we'll preach um, here from. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Verse 28. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii which is a lot of money. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. Somebody say, you wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me and you sh and uh, should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you. This is Jesus speaking. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So, so, so has to go beyond words. Come on, somebody. If you don't forgive them from the heart. Now, I, I do want to note this before I jump in. Some of y'all are looking and be like, this is why I don't believe the Bible because it, you know, it's, it's a proponent for slavery and, and, you know, slaves and masters and all this stuff. The devil is a liar. This is a different type of slavery and system that they had in place, which I'm not going to get into now. Uh, it is not the transatlantic slave trade. It is not supporting teething people from their home country and bringing them to another place by force. Come on, can I just set the record straight in advance? Uh, you know, so first of all, that's not this, okay? Uh, I don't have time to get into it, but I just wanted to put that out there before moving forward. With this being said, I digress. You know, I remember many, many years ago, 
When I was holding something against somebody in a massive way. And you know, it really, really was hindering me, fam. Hindering me from moving forward. Hindering me from going forward. Anybody other than me ever been there? In fact, some of y'all are here like that right now. I mean, my belly used to gripe me. I really feel like I had an ulcer out of that experience. Just because I was so angry and holding this thing against this person. I'd be playing in church. It's in my mind. I can't get it out. Come on, somebody. Driving down the road. Can't get it out of my mind. I couldn't understand how they could do this and all of this. And man, I mean, I went through all sorts of stuff to try and get this out of my head and out of my mind. I couldn't. It was just it, it was just holding this grudge and this thing against this person. When I would go certain places, when I go here and do this, I was just so upset and I was so angry. And I tried everything. I would fast and I would pray and I would do, go through deliverance and, you know, and call out stuff and sessions and all of these things. I would write stuff on paper and burn the paper and throw it in the toilet and flush it down to flush down my thoughts and my feelings about this. I would try all of that. But still, some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. That grudge, I mean, and the feeling that I had because of this was just absolutely devastating in terms of what I felt and what I had experienced and what this situation, this person did to me. And you know, it wasn't all of that. Wasn't the writing stuff on paper. Wasn't the confessing stuff and the deliverance sessions and all of this stuff in them. It wasn't that. Do you know what it was that caused me to get breakthrough? It was one day in prayer when the Lord showed me myself. And he reminded me, come on somebody. He said, hey, do you remember all of the things that I forgave you from? Do you remember all of the things? Oh, can I just keep it real today? That I released you from? Do you remember the times when you were crying at the altar because you were hoping you didn't get caught for X, Y, and Z? Come on, somebody. And I forgave you and you have the unmitigated gall and the audacity to hold this thing against this person without letting it go and so in that moment my deliverance came through my remembrance uh, my deliverance uh, see sometimes somebody say sometimes my deliverance comes through my remembrance in other words, I remembered in that moment what it was that God delivered me from. Come on, somebody. I remembered how he forgave me and how he let me go out of the chains of bondage. Come on. When I was crying out to him for forgiveness. And then in that moment, he humbled me when I wouldn't humble myself. And consequently, not only was I able to release that person, but I was able to grow forward myself. 
And the Lord specifically this week, as I was fasting and praying and preparing and saying, God, what is it that you are desirous of me sharing uh, with the people around growing forward? The Lord put it on my heart that it is imperative for me right now to declare to you the importance of letting you know that you are only going to grow forward if you learn how to forgive fast. Ah. Oh, I'm going to deal with it in a second. You're going to only grow forward if you learn how to forgive. Come on. If you learn how to get past uh, There are many of you, the reason why you have been hindered from moving forward is because you are in bondage. Uh, not because of what the person has done to you, but because of what you, you are holding on to. Oftentimes, here it is, uh, the, realize and understand uh, that unforgiveness does more damage to us than the thing that the person did to you that you won't forgive them of. This is why they say that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping for the other person to die. It's like sitting there with a, with a bottle of pine saw, worsing, wishing the worst on somebody, just drinking, spraying WD-40 down your throat. Can I just paint the picture? And we oftentimes don't realize this. I know it's awfully quiet in here, but I'm coming for every one of those unforgiving devils in here today. Because I'm believing, I'm believing that God indeed wants for you to walk in a place of freedom. And it is time for you and I to get up off of our high horses. Come on somebody and get to the place where we release people so we can be released into the things that God has for us. And if you are in this place and that's not you and you're not holding something against somebody, I want to equip you and fortify your mind and challenge you today so that you this year as you're moving forward, do not allow yourself to fall in the trap of unforgiveness. Because how many of you know the Bible says offenses will come? Don't say it makes it clear when they happen. This is the case. Because it's stuff that will come to us. There are things that will transpire. And this is powerful because here we see in this passage uh, that we were dealing with, uh, this story of this man who was in a place where he was a servant and he was paying off a debt. And the fact is that he begged his master who was getting ready to turn him over into prison. Come on, somebody. He, He begged his master to forgive him. And then what ends up happening? The master ends up releasing him but after he was released of all of his debt he turns around and goes and puts somebody in a chokehold and says yo you need to pay me x y and z instead of showing and reciprocating the same amount of mercy that he had just received he goes and he exacts this judgment on this person and positions them and gets them thrown in prison and all of this. And then it turns, we turn around and we uh, and, and get back to the place where now he ends up getting punished because of the way that he responded instead of reciprocating the mercy that was shown to him. Can I give you this first point around unforgiveness? I want you to write this down and remember this. Unforgiveness has amnesia. Here it is. Unforgiveness has amnesia. 
What's amnesia? It, for, it, 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 it conveniently forgets. You know, like when people, some people, they get in accidents, things of this nature, and they forget certain things and whatever, and it takes a while. Unforgiveness has amnesia. And many times, there are many of you that are on your high horse. I know it hurt. I know that it was a challenge. I know what they did. Some of you are even holding stuff uh, as a result of people who did things to you, like I've said before, that are not even alive right now. How is someone in the grave having power over you still? How are you allowing someone that's dead? Because I want to talk about it and deal with it. Someone that is dead, you are allowing them to hinder you from living. And the fact of the matter is that many of us, unforgiveness has amnesia. It doesn't remember what God has forgiven you of. And when God reminded me about my stinking breath, come on, when he reminded me about how I had been forgiven uh, so many times before, not only by him, but by others. The fact of the matter is uh, that I, that I had to get to the place when I got back and I realized that I have no choice in this moment but to respond by showing mercy to this person that has, I feel, has wronged me. And I love it because this is the heart of God. And this is oftentimes why we don't move forward because we don't know how to forgive. Or we put ourselves in a pontifical position or in a prideful position over other people. And I know it's bonding you what they did to you, fam. But John chapter 8. Verse 1 and onward, you should read this story. Some of you might just know it because you've heard it before, but it might be new to some of you. John chapter 8, there's a woman who is caught in adultery. And this woman is caught in adultery. And in that moment, Bible says that there are a bunch of guys there. <laughs> and they got some stones. And they are getting ready to throw these stones and stone her according to what the law required. Because back in the day, the law was crazy. And you couldn't just sleep with somebody else's spouse and just get away with it or get a TV show about it. Y'all don't want to be real with me. It was punishable by death. Come on, somebody. And all of these men, like I always say, I don't know how they knew what she was doing. But they find her now. And they are getting ready to pick up stones. And Jesus pops up. And Jesus writes in the ground, we don't know what he wrote, but the fact of the matter is he says to all of them, you who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Now Jesus is sinless, so he in that moment could have picked up the stones and rightfully thrown it. But when he said that to them, they get up and they walk away. Because in that moment, the Savior of the world reminded them, come on somebody, that they need as much mercy as grace and grace as that woman right there that they were getting ready to throw stones at. They could not position themselves in a pontifical place or where they were, could be prideful or arrogant or higher than her because although she may have deserved punishment based upon the law, they too were imperfect themselves. This is why unforgiveness is rooted in pride. It's rooted in pride. It says, I'm better than them. Come on, somebody. Ooh, this is getting tight in here. But I want to encourage you to understand this. This ain't no shouting stuff. Because then in that moment, I love how Jesus throws grace instead of stones. 
he could have picked up stones he could have picked up stones but he decided to pick up grace and he tells her I, who where are your accusers she says i don't know and he says well i don't accuse you either he says go and sin no more so he challenges her to go and correct her actions but he doesn't stone her in that moment and many of you you've been throwing stones because of what someone has done and that spirit of entitlement oh but you don't understand what they did you don't understand but you have to look back and remember that you are not your boo-boo don't smell like chanel number five either are y'all gonna keep it real with me today but i want you to understand the magnitude of unforgiveness and this is why many of you and many of us, myself included, why we often are not growing forward or experiencing what God has for us. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 14 through 15. Are you with me still? Okay, online, I hope you're still with me. Matthew 6, verse 14 through 15. Look what Jesus says, because this thing is serious. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And see, we often read that and we just stop there and we don't go any further. Look at what he says. He says, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So the fact of the matter is that in many regards throughout this Christian life, you know, when you get baptized and you go in the water in repentance and faith like you saw those two men do today, fact of the matter is, that we, all of your past is wiped away. But as you go throughout your Christian life and you make mistakes, if you are someone who does not forgive, Jesus makes it clear that you will not be forgiven along your journey. Can I tell you this? I, I want to tell you this. I want you to write this down. Online hosts, you need to put this in the chat. Peep this. Unforgiveness constipates your spiritual life. Unforgiveness constipates your spiritual life. Watch this. It blocks your sin from leaving your life and blocks blessings from entering your life. Fick it, fick it. Unforgiveness constipates your spiritual life. It blocks your sin from leaving your life and blocks blessings from entering your life. You ever been constipated? Don't put up your hand. I'll just put it up for all of us. It is the most uncomfortable feeling, come on, in the world. Whether it's because you shouldn't have eaten that Taco Bell and you still did. Or whatever it is. Well, actually, that would cause you to go the other way. Amen. <laughs> Don't sue me. Don't sue me. We'll edit that out. But I don't know what it is. Some of you, you, if you're in that position, I don't want to make light of digestive issues or anything of this nature. But the fact of the matter is being constipated is extremely, and, I'm, and I want you to feel uncomfortable in this moment. I want you to feel it because this is the thing. There are many of you that have been struggling with certain things and there's guilt that is filled in your life and there's things that you even want to get past. But the reason why you cannot get past, why it's uncomfortable and why you find and you feel like you in many times are, are, are just bloated and filled and are full of, of, of guilt in that way is because the fact of the matter is you are not forgiving. And he says that if you don't forgive... God will not forgive you. 
See, we often skip over those things. And so no matter how many songs you make, doesn't matter how many things, that's why it's imperative in our liturgy. You'll usually hear us talk about take a moment to bow and ask for forgiveness and forgive those who have sinned against you. All of these things are to prepare your heart even before we receive the sacred mysteries in the Eucharist or in communion. It's imperative that we prepare and position our hearts, but even just through our Christian life. Here's another one, Mark 11. Mark 11, 25, this is why you need to forgive fast. It might take a long time in terms of processing and forgetting and, and God releasing you in terms of the effects of what has been done, but you've got to apply the blood and the cross to it and walk with humility and not allow it to fester and hinder you from receiving what God has for you or from the things that you have done being released out of your life. Are you with me? some spiritual castor oil y'all aren't ready for this today he says in mark eleven twenty five, 25 and whenever you stand praying forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses there are many of you that not only is it difficult for you to forgive, help us today, Jesus, uh, but, but, but you get excited when you see the people that did stuff to you fall and fail. Serves you right. You See, some of y'all, you don't laugh out loud, but you laugh in your heart. That's why the parable said, if you don't forgive your brother from your heart, because see what i'm talking about is not just the appearance or the form of forgiveness i'm talking about actually forgiving by the grace of god from your heart i'm not telling you to forgive by yourself i'm telling you to forgive in response to the forgiveness of god to you and to your life that should cause you and empower you to forgive are you with me I love this one. Uh, he, so he says, oh wait, I didn't read this. Oh yeah, Proverbs 24 verse 17. He says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. See, that's how you know if you truly have even released somebody. And I'm getting ready to break it down some more. But you know if you release somebody, uh, if you can see them prosper and you're like, okay, you're not even studying them no more. There's some of y'all, you say that you've forgiven, but you still just snooping around, uh, spying on them through a secret account on Facebook. Yeah, okay. You spelling your name backwards, doing all sorts of stuff. Y'all don't, I'm telling you. Going looking from the bed. I'm telling you, you are doing all sorts of stuff. Getting them to accept your, because their praise is private. And so you, and then you're seeking to look. Mm-hmm. But he says, don't rejoice. I'm telling you all the time, and I say this. When God says uh, in, the, in the book of Psalm, Psalm 23, when he says he prepares for you a table in the presence of your enemies, he's not doing so so that you can gloat. 
He's not preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies so you can be like, nana, nana, boo, boo. Look, no, how about the fact that the grace of God will jack you up to the place? Come on, somebody, where you'll mess around and open a chair out. Come on, somebody. And you can be like, look, I'm so free that you can come and sit at this same table. Come on. Even though you told me, David, I mean, uh, uh, David, uh, Joseph's brothers, you threw me in the pit. But look, now I'm in a position where I can feed all of y'all and everybody in this place come on somebody and i'm not here to gloat but i'm here to give god glory oh you know you're real free when you can get to the place where somebody can sit right next to you and eat come on somebody that did you something and you had stuff against but you are free enough and somebody's like man i could never get to that place i dare you instead of looking at scriptures as a as fuel for you to be prideful Look at them as fuel for you to forgive. If Jesus could get on a cross and, and say about the people who were hammering nails in his hand and in his feet, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. There's people that do stuff to you. They don't even know what they're doing. Oh, help me to preach this, Jesus. It's tight up in here. Look at Luke 6.37. You can write this down. Check it out. Luke 6.37. This is it. He says, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And this precedes the verse in Luke 6.38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men give into your bosom? I just think it's ironic that those other verses <laughs> precede the verse about giving. In other words, what you dish out is what's going to come to you. And so the fact of the matter is this. There's a story I want to, I want to highlight as well. When we talk about forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness, there's a scripture. There's a scripture. I'm going to read through this in Luke chapter 7. What book did I say? Talking about growing forward. If we are, if we are people that are growing forward, we got to be people who are forgiving. And here it is. This is a powerful passage. Bible says there's some people who are vexed and I want to read from verse 41. There's some people that are vexed because Jesus is hanging out with someone with people who are sinners, quote unquote, like they themselves are not sinners. But look at what he says. And this woman, she comes and what she does is she takes some expensive ointment right there. And he she breaks the ointment open and anoints Jesus's feet. And cleans it off with her hair. And this woman is someone that is known, that is known as, a, uh, as, a, as an extreme sinner or a harlot in this regard. And look at what happens. And Jesus tells this story in regards to what takes place in the house. And she brought this alabaster box and kisses his feet and anoints them with ointment and wipes them with her hair. Verse 41, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water. You waste you. For my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears. 
and wiped them with her hair. And you gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has ceased not kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, pay attention, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Oh, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. To those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Again, here is a time when they are judging this woman because of her great sins. And Jesus says she is, for lo she is uh, loving much because she's been forgiven much. And when it is that you, here's, here's my next point for you, radical forgiveness leads to radical love. When you sit with your sins, when you really think about how much uh, you uh, and I have blown it, but yet and still the love and the mercy of God has been shown to us through the cross of Christ. Anybody grateful for the gospel? When you think about the fact that you weren't studying God, come on. And when I look back over my life, I have always had it together. And even now, because a lot of times we want to talk about the stuff in the past. But how many of you in here today say that I'm still blowing it from time? to time come on somebody y'all want to leave me by myself but i wonder if there's anybody that said um, i still don't have it all together but and so i'm so grateful for the forgiveness of my god and when i think about how he has forgiven me much that ought to motivate me to forgive others in a radical way as well instead of judging people in this position radical love leads to radical forgiveness I'm going to say a couple things and then we're going to get out of here. But I want you to see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. Even for some of you, for Christmas, you should have given your friends or your family the gift of freedom. Because there are some of you, you're just around people and you just keep stuff over their head. And everything you do is you continue to just talk. This is what the Bible says about love. If you truly love people, I'm going to read it from the NLT in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. That is, that is the case with love. There are some of you in your marriages right now that you are saving up. Oh, can I deal with marriage? You are saving up a grudge from the time that he forgot to take out the garbage or if he, she forgot to do X, Y, or Z to use it as ammo at the apropos time. And I'm here to tell you that that is not love. Come on, somebody. That is not love. Love, love does not keep a record of being wronged. Am I in the book? I'll never forget, man, a number of years ago, I was doing some work for a guy. Uh, I used to do graphic design for, um, for, you know, I went to school for digital multimedia. And, you know, used to do some, I was doing some stuff. And I'll never forget, man, when this guy came, I did a project for him. And I did not remember um, until that moment that I actually owed him some money from back in the day. He, I, and so when he came to pay me, I said to him, I was like, nah, man, uh, I'm not taking your money, bro. Remember, 
I owed you for X, Y, and Z. And he goes, yo, that's small change. He's like, that's from all the way back there. I forgot about that. This is not that. And that stuck with me because I was so blown away that although I owed him and I came to try and repay him for something that happened in the past and he goes, yo, I completely forgot about that. This is not that. And there are many of you, you are holding stuff against people in this new season. Come on, somebody. That is from the past stuff. You and I should have forgiven them about and of. We should have released them from years ago. And you're bringing it into this and this is not that. Somebody say, this is not that. And so it's imperative for us to remember that, it's, that we got to get to the place where we forgive from our heart. And that we are through Christ Jesus and in light of Christ's big forgiveness in our life. And if he's never forgiven you of anything big yet, just keep on living. But if we want Christ to forgive us. And we want to get to the place where we're able to grow forward. We have to do the heart work, which is the hard work, as my wife says, that is necessary to move on. Watch this. I want, you to, I want to share this with you. Uh, watch this because some of y'all think that what I'm saying is that I'm telling you to justify the actions of the people who did it. Watch this. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you agree with the person or their actions. It means that you care more about your peace and growth than revenge. So it doesn't mean that you're like, yeah, what you did was right. Because some of you, you feel like you are endorsing it. No, 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 no. I know that what you did was wrong. But I care more about my peace and my growth. Come on, somebody. Than I do about getting even with you. Come on. Forgiveness won't always rectify the situation. But it will always release you. Oh, yeah. I just want you to, yes, it might not make it better. You might not get back that marriage. You might not get back that relationship. You might not bring that person back to life. But at the end of the day, by God's grace, when you forgive, it releases you from bondage and it positions you to the place where you are able to walk in freedom because of the grace of God. And I love it because... As I'm saying, forgive in proportion to how God has forgiven you. Forgiveness is like a funeral home. You know, at a funeral home, I used to work at a funeral home. I worked there for, for a couple years. And the fact of the matter is, and that was a long time ago as well. But there are, there are people whose lives are ended and they come there. And they come there for us to care for them. But not only do we care for them and their families, but it would be dysfunctional. If after they've been cared for and after they've been mourned of their families, if they just stayed there. The job of the funeral home is not to keep the dead. The dead come there temporarily, but then they're supposed to be gone. They're supposed to go and be buried. Ah, oh, somebody sees where I'm going. And many of you, your life is like a dysfunctional funeral home. Yes, there are things that are going to die. There are offenses that are going to come. There are challenges and there are things that will come that will challenge you in the area of forgiveness. But your responsibility is not to allow that thing to stay there. God has not called you to be a haunted house. God has not called you to be a dysfunctional funeral home. You have to know how to be to deal with the dead properly. Come on, somebody. Things that are dead belong buried, not in your house. 
And so I want to encourage you today. I don't know who I came for, but the Lord put in my heart and God was like, this is what you have to tell the people today. There's someone here that needs to hear this. It is time for you to get to the place where you forgive, where you drop the F-bomb. Come on, somebody. In relationships, on people in the past where you forgive. Even if you never talk to them again, there's some of them, they don't ever want to talk to you. But you got to release from your heart. So you, oh, I just feel like guilt is getting ready to lift up off of some of y'all today. There's flow that's getting ready to come from your life. Because you release those who have done things against you.